very honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 8, in which I interview Phoenix Suvias of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. But first... Fama Fraternitatis Erzi. One spring morning in 1611, in Cassel, present-day Germany, the original anonymous Rosicrucian Manifesto was published. It was nailed to posts and public display places, where people would post want ads and things like that. The Fama Fraternitatis, or Fama, tells the story of Father Christian Rosengrutz and his ill-fated pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and a new segment on the Esoteric Nerd podcast called The Real Rosenkreutz <laughs> We will examine the Fama line by line. If I have something to say about a particular line, I will. And if you have something to say about it, call 626-367-9254. And whether you say it to me live or leave it on the voicemail, it will be included in a future episode of the Esoteric Nerd podcast. So let's start at the beginning. Nachdem der allein weise und gnädige Gott in den letzten Tagen seine Gnade und Güte so reichlich über das menschliche Geschlecht ausgegossen hat, damit sich die Erkenntnis hinsichtlich seines Sohnes sowie der Natur stets weiter ausbreite, dürfen wir uns mit Recht einer glücklichen Zeit rühmen. Seeing the only wise and merciful God in these latter days hath poured out so richly his mercy and goodness to mankind, whereby we do attain more and more to the perfect knowledge of his Son Jesus Christ and nature, that justly we may boast of the happy time. Denn er hat uns nicht nur fast die Hälfte der unbekannten und verborgenen Welt entdecken lassen, uns viele wunderbare, vorher nie gesehene Werke und Geschöpfe der Natur gezeigt, sondern auch sehr erleuchtete und mit Weisheit begabte Menschen aufstehen lassen, die zum Teil die verunreinigten und vollkommenen Künste wieder zu ihrem Rechte bringen, damit der Mensch doch endlich seinen Adel und seine Herrlichkeit erkenne und verstehe, welche Art der Mikrokosmos ist und wie weit sich seine Kunst in die Natur erstreckt. Wherein there is not only discovered unto us the half part of the world, which was heretofore unknown and hidden, but he hath also made manifest unto us many wonderful and never hitherto foresee works and creatures of nature. And moreover hath raised men, endued with great wisdom, which might partly renew and reduce all arts to perfection, so that finally man might thereby understand his own nobleness and worth, and why he is called microcosmos, and how far his knowledge extendeth in nature. Really? When I said bell, actually, I meant more of like a, you know, like gong type, type thing. You know? Yeah. That's pretty good. I was scrolling through my news feed. I had never heard of the anime called Trinity Blood. And I saw this guy's picture. I was like, what? What? I've got, I don't, that, I gotta get that guy on the podcast. I've got, you know, I, I don't know what, what I'm looking at here. This is, this is really incredible. So I, I contacted him, asked if he was willing to let me interview him. Let's get to that interview, shall we? 
Greetings, brother. Welcome to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure and, to have uh, you aboard. 93, brother. Your name is Phoenix, right? So I go by Phoenix or Jacob. I've heard some of your before. And oh, good. I, I like what you're doing. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Didn't know people were actually listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. I know I had a radio show, uh, an internet kind of podcast radio show uh, on side and uh i had no idea if anybody was even paying any attention but we poured our heart out into that thing and we played music and read poetry and talked about politics and anything that we could do and you know if nobody listened to it the first time at least someday people people listen to your stuff i can tell nice i asked you for the interview because i saw on the uh, facebook news feed this excellent photograph posted and of course uh, the people who are listening will already have seen it because it'll be the image attached to this episode um, so i wanted to ask you a little bit i couldn't help noticing what struck me as aesthetically similar to the nazi armband but with a star of david a mogen david or six raid star on it could you tell me a little bit about that one well it's uh the Golden Dawn symbol, and it's actually uh, partially a cosplay outfit. There's, a, there's an anime uh, called uh, what is it, Trinity Blood, in which there's uh, this Rosicrucian order that wears that uniform, and I, I saw it somewhere online, and I just, I don't know, it, it suited me, so I had to have it. I love that. So that's a, a, like a comic book, or is it a cartoon? Uh, it's a it's an anime. It's a cartoon uh, television program, and I, I made some modifications to it to, for stage wear because I I've been a songwriter. Nice. <clears throat> so you perform wearing it? Well, I haven't yet. I just actually put it together, but I, I will. Yeah, that's that's what it's for. Uh, what's the name of your? Do you have a group name or another name that you use for performing music? Yes, uh, we're. Not we don't have much on the internet to look at, but we're called 23BC. Uh, the uh, Theosophical Society National Conference. I got to show everybody some of uh, some of our work, and we got a standing ovation. And the international president Tim Boyd was there, and that was pretty cool. Everybody loved it. Excellent. And uh, you know, so a lot of people dig what we're doing, but we don't have any of it uh, really ready. I mean, there's there's two videos that you can watch on YouTube. Uh, one of them's uh, called 23 BC Part 2. It's the number 23, the letters B and C, Part 2. And then uh, the other one's called Waters of Oblivion. So if you type in 23 BC Waters of Oblivion, that'll pop up. Is it all right if I include it at the end of this episode? Of course. Okay, we'll do so. We'll all get to hear a bit of that. Was it theosophical in nature, the lyrics, or what was it that did you think they liked? Theosophy means divine wisdom, the study of divine wisdom. It's it's as, as vague as saying um, almost any spiritual word. I mean, it can be a this or that. I mean, people make such a big deal out of these terms, and they want to have this little club that they can fit into and that's sometimes in some cases it seems what uh the lema has become in some ways because people sometimes seem to forget salema means true will and that's all it was intended to right. mean yeah and in Libra, in Libra al you know it says 
you'll do no wrong if you call us Thelemites, if you look close into the words so that they're in three grades. And it's not like saying, you know, whoop de doo Thelema. Thelema is, is life, it's will, it's love, you know. And uh, I mean, everybody wants to be a part of a club and it's good because it gets people interested in real uh, spiritual things, to, you know, start them out with that and and they can ease into the heavier, deeper side of the picture. I've noticed a similar phenomenon with the word Catholic long ago. It was mm-hmm. forgotten that it meant universal. Universal. Yep. And it came to me, you know, some kind of twisted post-Constantinian, like 1984 meaning of the word universal, as in mm-hmm. like Pax Romanus, we'll all be at peace as long as you all kneel before the throne of the Pope yep. or whatever. And yeah, things things get twisted, especially over time and... That to me, the word Gnostic, Gnosis, is a very personal experience. It refers to a very personal experience. And when I first heard that there was an ism at the end, I thought, oh, great. And then when I started hearing about people arguing about it and then people taking this stand versus that stand, I was like, okay, well, they've lost it, I guess. But Well, Gnosis will never die no matter what name we ascribe towards it. It's an experiential thing. Philema will never die. None of these essences will never die. Catholicism. The actual meaning, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think uh, we have the least to worry about when it comes to, you know, what we understand as dilemma these days. This is by far the best constructed system of study and attainment ever created, the least likely to, to be corrupted. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm very unfamiliar with it actually. I came from a traditional Golden Dawn school. We weren't allowed mm. to practice Crowleyan magic, so I yeah. find that strange because uh, as Crowley defined magic, um, it's merely the arts and science of causing change to occur in conformity with will. So when you when you set a pen down on a table, you just that's magic, you know, it's, it's right. just doing anything and saying anything. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's more, um, that's the, the catch that lures people in like, Ooh, magic, you know, occult, you know, right. voodoo, voodoo. And then, and then they get through it and they achieve a state of awareness that leads them expecting. to realize that everything is, is fantastical and magical and, Everything is profound. You know, the air we breathe, this orb that we're floating on in the middle of infinite space. Yeah. And then, uh, but then the, the, the taboo structure still seeps out there and causes individuals to say, oh, stay away from that Crowley. The, the <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But I, I've had a lot of, I'm sure, very similar experiences like uh, after you know, our our traditional Z formula neophyte initiations, uh, coming outside after getting into a sense of oneness with the officers and realizing each of them represents an aspect of your own soul and that hierophant isn't really, you know, a separate person in the ceremony. They're representing the higher self and the candidate represents that part of you that hasn't been brought to the light yet. And after all of that, stepping outside and looking around and seeing the trees and seeing the stars coming out and and everything, and uh, you're still kind of in that state for a while, 
the world hasn't beat it out of you yet, you know? <laughs> you get on the freeway and get cut off a few times and maybe you start get, to get jarred back into that sort of uh, mundane state of mind. I really respect the Golden Dawn tradition. I I read uh, Israel Regardi's works and it's, it's a beautiful tradition. And the uh, Crowley system is that, but taken into a, a context that doesn't require a specific set of modalities. It's a more universal means of incorporating these archetypes into your life, no matter who you are, where you are, who you associate with, what's going on. But I, I love the, the Golden Dawn tradition. I'm a member of the Theosophical Society, and we had a big part in the formation of that. And uh, it's it's a great thing. I'm, I love Jungian psychology, and it's it's a good thing to have a ceremonial system in which you can uh, have a spiritual psychoanalysis in a, in a physical environment where you're interacting with uh, other individuals and coming to uh, uh, reflections on, on your own psyche that help develop you as an individual and bring you to a higher awareness. And the AA system has, as I'm sure you know, the, the whole Golden Dawn system attached to it. It's basically the same thing, but sped up a bit. Basically, the system takes all the degrees of the, the Golden Dawn system and makes them the first degrees that one goes through up until the, the Great of Tipperet, makes sense. in which one has the uh, knowledge and conversation with the Holy Guardian Angel. He added additional grades beyond that one? Yes. Um, I know there's probably a certain amount of secrecy involved, but is there any uh, anything that you can say or maybe point to as far as reading material? Well, I'd say uh, the mystical and magical system of the AA is a is a good book to start with. Um, you can find a copy of that on Amazon for about thirty bucks, and then uh, Shoemaker's book is is really good. Uh, Living Philema. What's what's Shoemaker's first name? David. Oh, okay. Schumacher. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. He's a scholar of union psychology, and he's a psychologist himself. That's why I gravitate towards him because uh, he speaks my language a bit. I want to get my hands on the Red Book. Ah, yes, the Red Book, fantastic. Uh, I'd like a facsimile of that right now. All I have is the um, about the wonderful illustrations. I also have a PDF stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the most fantastical modern book ever created. Now, that's uh, Carl Jung's book for the people who are listening who don't know what we're referring to. Does it have a title other than the Red Book? Uh, Liber Novus. Liber Novus by Carl Jung. I see that as as another Liber Al. I see around the beginning of the 20th century, a lot of different uh, visionary experiences were going on different people yeah and they're writing them down and these are all keystones for this new era this new dawn and uh, all of them very essential and i'd say jung's is up there at the top mm. of uh, the most essential reading for this new eon you could even see how uh, his influence came through star wars to shape the way that people think Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and Libra Al, it says, uh, use the, the Obia and Wanga, the work of the one and the work of the sword. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, George Lucas was heavily uh, studied when it came to mythology and the occult. He studied under Joseph Campbell, and he knew his stuff. Were you raised around esoterica, or did you gravitate to it at a certain point? Both of my parents are Christian. My dad's in the secular Franciscan order. He's a minister, and my mom was raised by a Lutheran uh, pastor. So, no, <laughs> I, 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 I never knew anyone. Uh, but when I was in, in the third grade, in, the, in kindergarten even, I was always fascinated with uh, ancient Egyptian symbology and things like that. I'd go into the library and pour through the books and uh, all the, the mystical traditions and the symbolical traditions of the mystical traditions fascinated me my entire life. And when I was in middle school through high school, I was experimenting with some things. I set up a little altar and painted the uh, ceiling of my parents' closet uh, night sky blue with the Egyptian five-pointed stars for Nuit. And I had uh, these images of the Neaters that I pulled out of a book that I got from somewhere and candles and all that. So I was always going in that direction. Yeah. And it uh, it worked out in the end. But uh, I still feel kind of lonely. I, I don't know many people where I live, actually, to this day. Where is where that? This, I live in Milwaukee. And, uh, and I, I just recently, uh, on Facebook, uh, connected with the only... OTO brother that I know lives here as of yet. Oh, well, there's one other that I know of, but I'm, I'm sure there's more. But <laughs> um, I, I'm kind of on a little island all to myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, if there's some esoteric nerds in Milwaukee, hopefully they'll hear this and check out, you know, when you guys have some shows and maybe get, in, get connected with the Theosophical Society. So there's an actual chapter there in Milwaukee? Well, yeah, there's a there's a Theosophical Society Lodge here. But when it comes to actual, you know... Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Not anything. So I've been building up my own collection here and trying to uh, form something. Uh, a Gnostic church or a little get-together center coffee shop even, or maybe we could make a... Uh, I don't know. We could make an encampment for the OTO. I don't know. I, I have to meet people first. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of moving to New York. Not really sure. But I, I do love Milwaukee. I always like the idea of a, a coffee house slash occult bookstore type yeah. situation or a tea house with a Zen garden in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. I always wanted to do something like that. Well, I hope you do, you know, I mean, uh, and uh, hopefully this thing, this podcast will actually, you know, help to connect, you know, us people who, you know, practice our own religions in our own uh, spare bedrooms. You know, we're sort of an interesting breed. A lot of people don't even mm -hmm. know there is such a person. Um, and mm -hmm. when they hear about, you know, <laughs> if like, for example, if if I tell someone that I do it, they'll say, wow, I've never heard of that, you know, but I know that there's at least millions, I mean, if not tens of millions or more 
don't get me wrong, I got a great social environment here, a lot of connections with people who know all about this stuff. They're just not, you know, lenient towards uh, practicing themselves. Uh, they have the other directions, but they respect it. Uh, there's a lot of people like that. Most of my friends uh, are friends through the internet. Um, one of whom uh, lives in New York and has a similar uh, philosophical and spiritual perspectives and uh, is interested in working with me on a uh, sort of, a, I, I don't really want to call it a back in the 60s or a lot of, well, we, we want to create a new means of, of living yeah. uh, against the grain of this uh, this cult of Juno Manita and Mammon. Mm. And we want to create a networking system of individuals who have already begun such uh, ways of life. I, I don't want to use the word commune. <laughs> it's just, right. It's just but it might include rough. that. It might include, you know, communes and whatnot. But, you know, I, I really think it's important that individuals on that path get connected. So we're talking about creating a networking system online individuals who already started uh, community projects like that, pagan, alternative living. Uh, Urban farming, and, maybe. Yeah, that kind of off-the-grid thing. So that, that's why I'm going to New York in November to talk with her about that. And I, I'm going to meet with uh, Joseph of the uh, Gnostic Church of LVX, because I, I really respect what he's doing there. Like I said, I've been trying to create a similar space for several years here, uh, sort of Gnostic, Theosophical, Interfaith, uh, Houses, Study, Worship, Prayer, Magic, etc., etc. And he's already got wonderful thing going on over there, it seems. So, uh, I'm excited to meet with him Excellent. and discuss the uh, future. Sounds great. What's really needed, though, is uh, a strong promotional entourage of individuals who can get this lifestyle into a popularized modality to the Vox Populi. Um, Russell Brand isn't enough. Russell Brand is not enough. That is <laughs> right. all by himself out there. <laughs> Poor guy. That's why I want to create this networking system. And uh, that's why we need more documentaries, more discussions, more people not just living the example, but showing uh, the world that this works, that we can live this alternative lifestyle and can save this planet before we all go to hell. Here, here. Horrible. And, and this planet is not going to be able to sustain us much longer if we don't start right the fuck now. And Rapidly stop playing our, our video games and stop playing, you know, whatever and drifting off into the clouds and delusions of this daydream society when the fucking world is crumbling under our feet all around us. I, I remember I think it was Amy Goodman, I saw her speak years back and I'm pretty sure it was her that said for an activist every day is the end of the world and you have to be the superhero and do whatever the fuck you can to save the world every day because this is it lately. Yeah. I, I neglected to mention uh, Organization for Inspiration. It's a nonprofit 
collective uh, artist organization that I've been working on for several years, trying to mobilize uh, individuals uh, to work with the collective unconscious mind of our species uh, through various arts and uh, try to organize activist-oriented uh, experiences in order to tap into this and in a sort of a salon-esque fashion discuss and uh, empower and uh, shoot these intentions out into the world to help our species uh, overcome our issues at a more steady and rapid pace. I worked with uh, Jeff Pinyavash, who was friends with Allen Ginsberg uh, back in the day. He was uh, Jeff's uh, poet laureate, unfortunately passed away the other year. Uh, and a lot of other great, awesome, amazing people like that, poets, musicians, uh, visual artists, uh, and organizing events that combine um, film, poetry readings, musical performances, speeches, interactive art with the audience, all happening simultaneously. Well, not simultaneously, obviously, mm -hmm. but, you know, in the same spot, and then we have the, the film and, and several things going on simultaneously, yeah. but obviously we're not having poetry readings over music. And, uh, but, right. you know, to try to create a a sort of a, an intense, you could call it a ceremonial, magical utensil using symbology, and, and all these performances centered around a common uh Goal. One of the best ones we did was uh, towards uh, ecological awareness, mm. uh, awareness, uh, furtherance of uh, global awareness of the major and predominant ecological issues that we need to focus on at this time. And uh, the uh, the next one that we're planning on. Uh, is a interfaith event to, to promote interfaith compassion and uh, awareness of what uh, Crowley showed us in 777 is that all these archetypes, all these symbols and gods and goddesses and angelic hosts are all representing the same fundamental essences of universal cosmic consciousness and and just because the symbols are different doesn't mean we have to yell at each other. We can turn this into a theosophical world where we can respect each other's different approaches. All religions are different pieces to the same cosmic puzzle. And we need to learn how to connect the pieces the right way. Yeah. So that we're not not uh, stepping on other people's boundaries. So we, we want to work on this at uh, several locations. One of the most important ones will be, I, I'm sure you know about Chichen Itza. I don't. But uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of, uh, in Wisconsin, there's a place called Aztalan. And okay. Aztalan li lines up on the energetic grid of the planet in uh, direct relation to the Chichen Itza site. Um, if you ever want to talk, 
further about this and the collective unconscious mind and the energy grid of the of the planet with all the nodal points and the spots with the ancient temples and whatnot. We could talk about that another time. But uh, in Wisconsin, it's uh, at the Pyramid of the Sun, which uh, looks very much like a, as we understand it, I have a friend who is initiated in the Central American um, shamanic tradition of the Mayan priesthood. And Mm -hmm. uh, they've passed down from generation to generation these ancient teachings, and they know that the pyramid here in Wisconsin was actually built by uh, the Mayan priesthood to mark that place on the grid. And if you go to Google Maps and you search uh, Chichen Itza, and then you also do a search on Aztalan, Wisconsin, you'll find that they line up on the same parallel precisely. How do you spell those words? Huh? How do you spell Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza, C-H-I-T-Z-E-N-I-T-Z-A. Okay, thank you. I believe so there's Chichen Itza, and then there's Aztlan, which is A-Z-T-A-L-A-N. Okay. And uh, so those line up precisely on the same line. And then you see also that the distance between those two and the distance between Chichen Itza and, um, in Peru, the uh, Machu Picchu, Mm It's the same distance, although Machu Picchu is slightly to the right because um, if it was directly on the same parallel, it would be under the ocean, which perhaps there is something around it. um, And the main idea is, I mean, I've been to uh, Aztalan and you definitely feel uh, this intense, surge of connection to cosmic consciousness at this site. You you can feel that what your words and intentions are emanating across the globe and simultaneously all the thoughts and emotions on this planet are being drawn towards you when you're standing on the spot. And that's the place that you want to those are the places that you want to go to. Yeah. To uh to try to make the world a better place. And there's many other sites besides these Power that are spot. of uh, key importance, but these are the ones we're planning on focusing on. What was the name of the second song that you were having trouble having people play anywhere but on the computer? It's actually both the songs that are on YouTube right now. Uh, there's something distorted about the audio unless it's played directly off of a computer, but if it's played on the phone, there's some sort of uh, echoing distortion, which I haven't riddled out. And those recordings were made at least a couple of years ago now when we had a different bass player and a different drummer. Now we've got a, a lot of better of a sound. Mm-hmm. But uh, to give people an idea of the sort of direction we're going musically, uh, if you'd like to, that would be good. Okay, and I'll I'll post a link to uh, to your page as well as to the page for the group Twenty Three BC. Oh, is there any significance um, that you want to go into behind the name Twenty Three BC? Well, uh, there are twenty three chromosomes per male and female, mm-hmm. and uh, both 
in in the allusion to that, and also there is an an old numerological mystical tradition of the Baphometic, uh, hermaphroditic, uh, you know, consciousness, the the alchemical stone of gender, uh, having to do with with uh, 23. Hmm. B and C, of course, being the second and third letters of the alphabet. Ah, didn't catch that. Now I right. <laughs> And uh, and there are other reasons, uh, but two divided by three. They did a Jim Carrey movie about that one. And then uh, I, I was oh. thinking of Network Twenty Three and Max Headroom. That's pretty sharp. And that is, of course, the whole Robert Anton Wilson focus on Twenty Three and the Sirius Star and all of that. Oh yeah, the uh, number of Hebrew letters plus one. Yeah, and, and we do focus on that in the album that we've been working on. There's 22 songs, each one correlating to one of the paths and and a personal experience, an initiatic journey of a young person. It's really my experience. And then the 23rd is uh, the quintessence, and it's into two halves, one at the beginning of the album, one at the end. And this has been a work in progress for years now that hasn't been completed. Now I just want to get it over with and work on a new project. So, How long before we'll be able to hear that one? Uh, no way of telling you. Um, well, I'm if there's not, anyone uh, out there who can uh, make it happen, maybe with a little bit of uh, support, maybe they can click the link. And Well, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, feel free to donate all you want. <laughs> It would help, but either way, we'll get it done sometime or another, hopefully sooner than later. Nice. And, yeah. Well, I, I love the work you're doing. I share the vision of uh, bringing, you know, hermeticism and, and deeper wisdom and the uh, divine wisdom, theosophy in Greek, theosophia, uh, you know, into the mainstream where people can hear it, as well as having it out here on the fringes, like weird podcasts like this one, where people can also hear it. Uh, you know, connecting, networking, the multimedia thing. I'm really into the idea, that idea of having the music and the movies and everything combined and the live drama and the interaction and kind of a modern version of an Eleusius right. Yep, it's just the right time for it. There's a lot of us out here, and I know uh, that our expectations are sometimes low in comparison with what we can actually accomplish in the world as we have this... Uh, this societal interweb connection is helping a lot, and I think we can get a lot more done than we expect we can. Yeah, building a support network, for sure. Thank you very much so, for coming uh, on the Esoterra Nerd podcast tonight. Thank you for having me, and I, I also want to thank you for having this and for promoting this. And uh, we need uh, as many people like you and and me and and all these other individuals who are working towards these goals as humanly possible to get out there and uh give it their all and I'm glad that you're one of one of us giving it your all and not uh hiding thank you very much I really appreciate that well uh we'll close with uh 
with one of your songs and uh, just know everybody that this is an older recording and he's gotten better and we'll, we'll be expecting to hear the new stuff coming around hopefully soon, hopefully in the next uh, year or so. Indeed. Thank you. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Have a good night, brother. 93. Namaste. Blessed be. See you today, brother. LVX and blessed be. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Phoenix Suvias. I'm very glad to have met you. Thank you to the monks at Jofuku Inn Temple at Mount Koyasan for providing the intro and the outro of the Esoterra Nerd Podcast. Thank you to Identical Twins Camille and Kennerly, you should look them up if you haven't already, for providing the beautiful harp transitions. Special thanks to Aguchi Takahito for composing the theme to the Rosencruz Orden in the anime Trinity Blood. Thank you, Freder I.T., for reciting the entire Fama Fraternitatis in the original German for the new segment in the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. And now, this is Phoenix Suvias, 23 B.C., Sky Mirror.